Welcome to the High Profit Event Show. My name is Rudy Rodriguez, founder of the Virtual Event Sales Team and Wingman Coaching Worldwide. We provide world-class self-support services with integrity. And on this podcast, we interview successful event leaders and service providers that have led or supported profitable events online and off. Each episode will run for about 20 to 30 minutes, so stay tuned. Hey, Rudy Rodriguez here, and welcome to the show. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Mr. Alex King, coming to us from uh, formerly Vegas, but now I think Carolina. Is that right? That's right. Awesome. Is that North Carolina or South Carolina? South, South Carolina, by the beach. Awesome. Alex, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. And uh, I wanted to, uh, to share a little bit about your background here with our audience so that they really lean in and be like, man, this is an episode I, I definitely need to listen to and tune into to the very end. Uh, one, Alex has actually been behind the scenes for hundreds, hundreds of events, both in person as well as virtual. And he's worked with the likes of Tony Robbins, Eric Worre, and many other leaders in the personal development space for over a decade. And fun fact, even a United States president. <laughs> and Alex consults with many large businesses. And you can imagine this kind of expertise that he brings to this episode on how to produce uh, virtual events. Um, has really increased dramatically over the last few years. Uh, so, Alex, with that being said, man, welcome to the show, and uh, really excited for uh, today's episode and getting to learn from you. Yeah, thanks so much, Rudy. I'm excited to add some value and um, talk about this. Uh, a, a lot of people tend to overlook the AV side of things, so we get a little bit nerdy today, but we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep it fun and fun and exciting too. Awesome, man. Awesome, and you know, and per the show title. Um, you know, you're a virtual event producer, so you you, uh, you assist with the audio and the visual and a few other components kind of behind the scenes. I know you have a, long, a big background in digital marketing and advertising, and and you, you've done a lot of work in the background. Uh, I'm curious, you know, what are the most costly and common mistakes that you see uh, event leaders are making when they're uh, doing virtual events? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely several that we could go into in great detail, but I think to really understand why they are so important, would it be okay if I maybe give you some of my background of how I know that those are such like the biggest mistakes that people make? It, like, would that be okay? Absolutely, please do. Um, you you mentioned before, so we we actually crossed paths initially uh, about a, a marketing conversation. So my I guess I cut my teeth in, in AV in one way or another. Like I was a, I was a teenager, learned how to play guitar and wanted to perform. And so I would put on events and performances and concerts at restaurants or small festivals in my town. Um, then obviously from there with YouTube evolving and taking off, it's like, okay, how do I make videos with this? So then you teach yourself a video. And so from a, from a young age, I needed to know and became obsessed with video, lighting, sound, all, all those things. Um, but then in, in my teens throughout my high school years, I, I somehow leaned into internet marketing. And so I was, instead of all my friends partying and, and doing all that stuff in high school, I was sitting at home watching Frank Kern and Brendan Bouchard videos, <laughs> literally taking notes and just thinking, this is really cool. Um, and it's funny how things come full circle. Uh, when when one of the first products I ever bought or invested in online was uh, by Mike Koenigs. It was like something called Traffic Geyser. It blasted your video to several different sites on the internet. And sure enough, full circle, about a decade later, um, I, I ended up meeting Mike Koenigs backstage at, a, at an event that I was producing. So it's funny how that kind of stuff lines up. 
Um, but, you know, knowing all of that and kind of, I, I feel really fortunate to have a, a really solid understanding from a, a marketing standpoint of, of foundations and fundamentals, primarily internet marketing and digital marketing, but then also having this, I guess, passion for AV, being able to blend the two of those has been really interesting to see where my career has taken me and the kind of people that I've been able to work with. So um, that's a little bit of the foundation and how it really evolved. I think mistakes wise, one of the, the biggest points I want to make or would want to make for your audience here is that overlooking just how integral AV can be with your marketing outcomes is, a, is an enormous mistake. So there's some tangible examples of that as well. And you know, just one that I, I constantly tell other people, anyone that I consult with is, whoever is doing your AV, in most cases, it ends up being me. So I interject myself, but you really need to make sure that they are in some way or another in on the marketing and in on the sales outcomes, all of those things. Because one of the great benefits is, is that, you know, unless they're fresh out of AV school or whatever it might be, or, or they've just learned this, they've done hundreds of events as well. And despite having the the gruff kind of unfriendly persona that a lot of people associate with AV guys. They're actually a great bunch um, for the most part, and they're happy to add value and suggestions to be able to understand and, and support those sales outcomes. But they can't do that in the moment. It's very hard to do that in the moment where we're you know, going on a sales break or whatever it might be. But if they're in on it and in on the planning and the syntax, that's one of the most beneficial things that I would you know, recommend to any event producer or any leader who is wanting to make sure that they're maximizing ultimately their sales and the impact that they can make at the events. Yeah, that's a great point, Alex. I love how you brought it right to like, hey, how does a great AV team um, help you get clients and help you in increase your conversion to sales at the event? And a uh, really important point. And, and also to your point, uh, pre said previously, or you and I talked previously, a, a great AV team oftentimes uh, goes unnoticed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, don't, but don't let that be uh, mistaken for uh, not being able to contribute valuably. So to your point, I think um, including the AV team in the, the, the planning meetings and get asking for the feedback and asking them what they've seen from other events um, and best practices, I think could be tr truly valuable. So thanks for highlighting that. Yeah. And, you know, good AV guys, we've got our tricks to be able to just fly by the seat of our pants, you know, make sure that the, the lighting's good, the sound is good. You know, we can put on a song if, if we go to a break. But if you actually add some intention to that, it's kind of like preparing for a, 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 a pitch or a TED talk or a, or a presentation. There's a lot of speakers out there that can wing it, right? And, and they'll get by and it might be okay. But if you actually put a lot of intention and planning into it, the, the results are always drastically different. So I, um, I just think that's a, a, a big thing because AV guys, yeah, in, in most cases, especially if you tend to hire someone in-house, like through the venue, the only thing they're accountable for, like or their deliverables are that the lights are good, the sound is fine, and the microphones work. Like it, it's, it's sort of the basics, you know? And so the difference between an amateur and a professional production there is being able to really tie in what that needs to look like. Because as you said, um, and, and as, as we talked about, great AV is unnoticed. It's completely invisible. But when it's bad, people have a lot to say about it because I couldn't hear what they said. 
or I can't even see what that says up there on that screen. Or like, what's the URL I go to to purchase this thing? So those are the things where it falls short. And honestly, the biggest mistake that will cost you the most amount of money is I look at um, you know, event planners and leaders that have spent months, if not years, investing in their live event, um, spent you know, hundreds of thousands on ads and marketing to get butts in seats or you know, virtual butts in seats, and they overlook or ignore the AV side of things. And sure enough, now it's all for nothing. Because if your microphone doesn't work or your video is choppy when producing that virtual event, how, how, how are people supposed to buy from you? How are people supposed to convert? And, and also, what does that say about your image and the product that you follow through with? So I've seen really great leaders, and I see this more commonly, I see really great coaches or leaders or experts in their field, but it's kind of like the first impression that they make with amateur video really holds them back or amateur production holds them back. And there's just something in all of us that says, I don't know if I trust that. If that's the way they do things there, I don't know if I trust them with them changing my business or them, them changing my life or them changing my relationship. Does that make sense, Rudy? Do you sort of get where I'm coming from there? Yeah, absolutely. People associate the uh, their experience with um, what they think the, it's going to be like for them if they were to continue on to one of their, their products or programs. Right. This is a great experience. For, and audiovisual is a, is a huge component of that. If they have a great experience there, then they're going to be have more trust, like you said, and more likely to move forward. Yeah. And, and on the, on the flip side of that as well, I've seen companies, I guess, like set in their ways about, I guess, like average performance or like the bare minimum and people dismiss and undermine just how much an impact AV can, or like great production. I'm kind of bundling that in there, just how much of an impact that can add to the bottom line. So, you know, let's say that there was a company and they had experienced I don't know, we could say like a 35% close rate from their, from their live events. Let's say that 35% of the attendees, they go to the back of the room or go to the URL, whatever it might be, and, and they purchase. And let's say they have the same event six months later. Well, obviously they want to get that number to 40 or 45%, let's say. Um, and I'm just throwing these numbers out there. These aren't based on any real experience, but it, it, it's worth... Like imagine spending all that time on a script or a, or, a, or a pitch or a syntax that is actually really robust and, and completely ignoring the thing, which is maybe our AV team, AV team sucks. Maybe like our visuals aren't good. Maybe our branding isn't consistent. Maybe the music that we play during the events is, is breaking people's state. So all of that comes up and, and people overlook that, but when it's, when it's bad, you notice it. When it's smooth and seamless, it's invisible and it's enjoyable and people are able to be, I guess, in the state that you would want them to be in as, a, as an event leader. Yeah, you highlight some major points there. And um, so, uh, and you mentioned the idea of state, right? And how it can break state. And, uh, you know, from an enrollment or sales perspective, um, you know, there's a distinction called a, a buying state, right? When someone is uh, ready to make a decision, Right. Yep. They're, they're, they're in a peak state per se, not in the, I'm not saying this in a manipulative way, but rather it's just like, you know, when someone is a certain energy state, they're more likely or more willing uh, and ready to, to, to go beyond their fears, to go beyond okay. their, yeah. yeah, their, their patterns go beyond the things that held them back in the past. And um, I know that in the events I've been to, 
that AV has a huge thing to do. In fact, I still remember a lot of the songs, <laughs> you know, like that. And, and when I hear them again, it inspires me. It, re it reminds me of, of that experience and it brings me back um, to there. And it, and it, I continue, it continue to integrate actual learnings because of that music and that AV. Can you speak to that a little bit? Like what role yeah. does state management play with audiovisual? Yeah, so I, I, I feel so fortunate to understand uh, state as an actual tangible thing and not some kind of woo-woo thing. Um, I, I was lucky enough that my mom actually took me to my first Tony Robbins event when I was 11 years old. So I, I had like the six human needs down <laughs> before I got to high school, which was really fun. Um, and it's funny, I even I remember, like you talk about state, I remember being in that room at the, at the Sydney Event Centre in Australia. And, um, and I was like just finding kind of a love for music and, and that kind of thing. And I, and I remember hearing some of these songs and it was probably the first time I had heard, you know, an angry Alanis Morissette song or something like that, I remember. And I just remember, wow, this is really cool. Like the songs they're playing are really changing what, you know, the way people are feeling in this room. And, and you know, it sounds very cliche, but I do remember thinking to myself, I'd love to do that. Like that would be really fun to do one day, like play a song and people have these different reactions. and you know, as, as things manifest as they do, I, I found myself in that very same role, um, you know, a little under 10 years later, which was great. So yeah, and, and state is very right. I mean, any sales professional or event leader that doesn't understand state needs to understand state, both low energy states, high energy states, buying states, um, you know, relaxing states, all of those kinds of things. And so, oh, hang on, Rudy, we've just, uh, we've just lost a camera angle. Give me a sec. Okay, so my uh, camera might look a little different and that is because the camera that I was recording on, the battery just went flat. So I said to Rudy, what kind of AV professional would I be if I didn't know how to switch out a camera in 60 seconds flat <laughs> when something breaks? So um, there you go, AV is invisible or like good AV is invisible, but when stuff goes wrong, um, you need a team that can pick it back up. So, and, and then we said, should we acknowledge that it's different or not? We could probably cut around it if we wanted to. And I said, no, let's do it. It'll be fun. So anyway, if I look a, bit, a little bit different, it's because I changed DSLRs to my backup one. So there we go. Um, but what we were talking about was state and state management. And in, in regards to this, when it comes to uh, AV and I, I, I guess like the overall outcomes, especially when it comes to sales, mistakes that I see made are, I guess like not paying attention to that. Um, we all know as well or tend to have a feeling like if we were watching a, a great movie, let's say, and it had built up to the point of, you know, girl gets the guy, guy gets the girl, bad guy, you know, like is defeated, whatever it might be. And if there was an awkward song scoring it in that moment is, is what we call it behind the scenes as well, you would know and it would feel weird. Um, and I'm, I'm the most annoying person to watch a movie with when it comes to that, because I'm picking apart, oh God, like this song, that's so cliche. Why would they do that? But, um, but it is really true. And the, and the same is true in the event room or in the virtual event room. Um, and, and, you know, I've got very well curated playlists, like, you know, expert DJ style playlists based on the different things that happen throughout an event. I've got things like doors open, I've got sales break, I've got bathroom break, I've got, you know, like low vibe stuff, high vibe, high vibe stuff, like masculine, feminine, breakthrough, whatever it might be. And so having someone that understands the nuances of state, emotion, all of those kinds of things is really important because 
if you do a bathroom break before a sales pitch, for example, or a presentation as you're transitioning to that, and you put on, I don't know, like I'll be extreme and say like Sarah McLaughlin or something low vibe or something um, boring or associated with sadness or anger or that kind of thing. Even in that five or 10 minute break, when people are getting out of their seats, songs anchor people and they, they create emotion in people. And so being really conscious of those songs is so important. I mean, I worked with a company where we developed the syntax and that's why I said involve the AV team in the development of the syntax, because ideally, you know what song is going to be played when you do the stretch break or the go to the back of the room break or the go to the link break. Um, that's really important. And, and I know it sounds crazy and maybe some sales bosses might say, oh, that doesn't make a difference. It doesn't matter what you play. I'm telling you it does. Um, and some songs are better than others and some associate feelings of um, greatness and triumph and overcoming things and, and others are a little more, I guess, passive or chill. So that's, that's really important. And, and music, AV, movement, those kinds of things, that's how you manage state at a live event. We've got tricks, we've got fun things that we do, we've got short activities. Of course, anyone that's been to a decent event, you've probably done a massage break or a stretch break, something like that. So there are things to be able to do and a great AV team needs to be in on those things to be able to knock them out of the park and, and actually achieve the outcome. Awesome, man. Thanks for, for sharing that and highlighting the, uh, the importance of the uh, how to manage the state with uh, audio and visual, really, really key. Um, so one of the things that you and I kind of discussed just before we jumped on is, um, as far as some of the common mistakes are, uh, sometimes not putting enough energy into production, right? Investing time, energy into everything else, but not into production. Can you kind of touch on that just, uh, for a moment? Yeah, I, I, I mentioned it before a little bit and it's that, you know, most people spend months, if not years planning an event right? All the parts of it, whether that's the marketing and actually getting people to attend, or it's the content that you're um, presenting, whether it's the, the experts that you paid thousands of dollars to come in and be a keynote speaker for. And then of course, most people are writing their events, like the investment or the ROI is tied to the sales at that event, right? Rarely is it a brand awareness kind of thing. So, um, at the end of the day, if your presentation is scrappy, if your slides don't work, if your microphone craps out, if, if I, I don't know, if, if everything that can go wrong with AV goes wrong, your sales are going to be affected. And there's, there's not a lot you can do to recover from it. I mean, I, I've seen events that have, you know, whether it's the microphones didn't work or the slides stopped working or the projector broke or whatever it might be. It's very hard to say, I'll get a second chance at this, right, with, th with these people. It's very naive to say that, well, I don't need the slides to do this. They'll get the point and the right ones will come. It, it, so it's, uh, yeah, it, it's like spending money on a vacation, thousands of dollars and, and not packing the right clothes. You know, the vacation is going to be miserable. Like it's, it's not going to be good in the end. Um, and, you know, be, be scrutinous, especially if you're hiring, uh, you know, 
in-house and, and maybe I can just distinguish what that would mean because I don't want to sound like I'm being too jargony but when I say the word in-house typically any venue um, or you know hotel ballroom has an in-house AV team it might be a couple of people that know how to set up lights and mixing boards and microphones all that kind of stuff and they'll generally give you like hey here's our AV package here's what you can choose from well, in, in most cases, depending on the venue, some large venues have exclusivity with those vendors, but in other cases, you can bring in your own AV team out of house, whatever it might be. And so, or, or you can do kind of a mix and a hybrid. Um, that's obviously what we do. The clients that retain me, I'm the supplement for, you know, instead of using the in-house guides, but if for budget reasons or whatever reasons you had, if you needed to use the in-house team, meeting with them prior instead of, you know, the day of and having the printouts of, hey, here's our show flow or our syntax. Um, that's just that's just a really important point to be able to, to, to make to really get those outcomes. Yeah, great point. Thank you for distinguishing the difference between in-house and, uh, and other uh, AV. So you did, you did mention kind of the idea of a budget and, uh, and, Though our audience, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know if they all necessarily have a small budget per se, but I think they're all conscious of their budget when it comes to an event. Because I'm, I'm working with a client right now who's invested over four hundred thousand in event production, and uh, and they're conscious of it, even though they have they have a lot of money for it. Um, so maybe can you just talk a little bit about that, like what an entrepreneur can do to produce uh, a virtual event, um, you know, consciously with a budget and like what equipment, what technology, all of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, budget is relative, right? So like small, small budget, big budget, everyone's got their own opinion of what that means. Um, it's probably better to sort of tie that to what level of production. And I know that's kind of an ethereal way of describing things, but at the end of the day, even me sitting here in my office or you sitting there in yours, you could do a virtual event, right? And, and that was the really interesting thing to see when the pandemic hit is that all of a sudden everyone's realizing that they can use the cameras in their computers or in their phones, right? To do a virtual event. Having said that, there's also this great movement over the last couple of years with streamers and gamers that have essentially live production equipment on their desk without realizing that, you know, were they a, a business building entrepreneur, which obviously in some ways they are, not to discredit them. Um, they've kind of got the setup. They've got the light up here. They've got a professional camera here. Um, but yeah, you know, at, at every level you can, you can produce something. So uh, depending on where you want to start, you're able to do that. And I mean, Tony Robbins has done really great examples of this. He, he really pioneered it along with Eric Worre, um, a friend and a client of mine. Um, when the pandemic hit, they, they just made big, bold investments into event production. And so, you know, but if you look closely, Tony's done two things. For his mega events like UPW, Date with Destiny, he's built and utilized this circular spaceship looking event stage, virtual event stage. But then for his, I guess they're like the free or the challenge events, it was him in a room, maybe one or two cameras, and of course all his equipment that he needed, sitting down essentially but largely the technology that i'm using now um to produce the event visually anyway obviously the having tens of thousands of people in zoom rooms is a whole other thing um but there there, there are options at every level so let's just say let's call it low budget less than two thousand less than three thousand five thousand dollars what can you do 
well, there's cameras you can get like the one I have now. This is just a, a Sony DSLR. Um, I can maybe put some links in the show notes for people. Um, there's lights. I mean, basically you can go shopping on Amazon and you'd have what you need to be able to produce an event. But then at the highest level, uh, you know, friend and client Eric Worry, he purpose built a circular LED wall, like literally one of the biggest and best in the world. It's the kind of thing that they used to make the Mandalorian, right? They, they had this crazy stuff. Um, he, he built that for the purpose of not only hosting his own events, but renting it out to others. So, you know, worry studios, as he calls it, if you really wanted to make or reach a, a massive global audience at scale, obviously the investment is upwards of six figures to be able to rent that space, but you can, right? So that the, there are those really interesting options. And it was great to see how innovative people got when it came to doing events um, and, and getting in front of people. Social media has made this really interesting as well. I mean, Facebook, one of the things that they did is they very quietly basically said, you can host your own uh, paid events on Facebook using our technology instead of, you know, previously you'd have to piece together a checkout and then a streaming software and a service here. But most pages that everyone has now, if you go to the settings, you can see that there is an option to be able to host a paid virtual event on Facebook. Um, and so they've built the infrastructure for it there because they've got it there anyway. They just kind of piece together something. So there are really endless options. Um, what I would recommend is basically do research or consult on what you need. Because the other thing I see people do is they go way overboard or because they don't know their lack of knowledge or their ignorance actually makes them overspend when it's just not necessary. I mean, almost half of the inquiries I get for, for consulting are people who have maybe been to a venue or talked to a team or whatever it might be. And they have an astronomical quote and for, for the production. Of course, some of it is legitimate and good and that's what it needs to be. But you know, I've got an event coming up this year in Nashville at a, a really famous and large venue. And on the, on the quote from the event company in-house, to be able to essentially stream the show to a live stream feed for a virtual audience was going to be like $25,000. And it didn't need to be. Like I have, a, I have a little piece of hardware that we can essentially plug the camera feed into to stream it out for $500, right? Plus my fee, but um, effectively saving them tens of thousands of dollars. So the, it, it, it's kind of like the more you know. I mean, you, you do need to bring an expert into this. Um, there, there are great people out there. Um, I like to say I'm one of them. I've got a couple of buddies as well that, you know, we all do this and, and have... Um, have great clients as well that, that that we do this for but there are options at every level if you're obviously wanting to do something small i mean tony even at that level if he's doing the free event thing he doesn't need to have you know 20 or 30 people running his spaceship event space it, it makes a lot more sense for him to have maybe one or two guys pushing the stream button, playing the music, all that kind of stuff and running the slides in the background and just doing it with a single camera. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I hope that helps. It's, it's just, it's not gonna be one size fits all. I think with any of these things, build it from the end in mind. You know, a lot of people would even see what Eric did or what Tony's done and said, that's what I need to be. And that's what I need to do. Well, well, maybe that's not, there, there's, there's multiple solutions, but I, I do think like anything, 
you need to talk to an expert. It's like, if you wanted to build a house, you should meet with a couple architects. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you covering this. And yeah, I think what would be helpful for audiences if you we could include maybe some recommended resources um, in the show notes. Uh, we'll do that if you share those with us in uh, equipment, technology, all those things for maybe the different levels and where they're at. But coming back to this point of, um, you know, working with an expert, I totally agree with that. Uh, I'm a big believer that um, oftentimes um, I don't know what I don't know, um, especially when I haven't done something before. Um, and, uh, you know, I would highly recommend for those of you on the audience who are listening still to this point, uh, if, if you are already doing an event or you've done an event, but you want to level up or you've learned something from this, um, reach out to, uh, to uh, get some help. Um, Alex, do you mind sharing maybe a little bit about how people can reach you? Sure. Yeah. Um, you can check out my website. It's alexkingcreative.com. Um, you can look at consulting options there and just send an inquiry. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I, I'm somewhat open for this stuff. Like my year is literally already planned out and I'm, I'm in a couple different continents, um, doing some different events for this year, but you know, I, I, one of my favorite things to do is spend, you know, even just an hour or two with someone virtually and be able to say, Hey, this is what you need. This is what you don't need. Pay attention to this. Don't pay attention to this. So that, that can be, you know, invaluable in many ways. Um, the great example is, you know, Hey, I've got one company in-house for my event, quoting me 25K, is that actually what I need or what other solutions are, op are, are out there? So um, yeah, just alexkingcreative.com. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. It's all Alex King Creative. And uh, I love seeing what people are doing in the industry. There's, uh, there's, there's so much opportunity now. Um, it's one of the, the, the better things that happened as a result of the pandemic is, is people became much more comfortable with attending live events, but it, it, it was, it was a scary time, you know, talking with a lot of the um, experts and industry leaders at this time, because they're so used to having and counting on live events and being able to get results from that, that it was a big risk to say, how do we pull this off virtually? But I think for, for the, for the experts in the space and the ones that have really invested heavy into it, live events don't make a ton of sense in, in some regards. I mean, that there's obviously a lot of merit to getting in front of people and, and that's really important. But I, I think there's companies out there that will never do a live event again. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, good or bad. I love live events. I, I think there's something magic about them. But from a dollars and, stand, a dollars and cents standpoint, um, you know, virtual makes a, a ton of sense for people and focusing on that. No, that's a great uh kind of point there at the end. Uh, I mean, virtual events when done correctly, when done well with the right support uh, can be very profitable, even more profitable so than uh, potentially the in-person uh, version of the event. And that's kind of the, the point of this podcast is teaching people how to uh, host profitable virtual events, right? So Alex, thank you for being a valuable resource on our show today. Really, really appreciate you taking time to be here with our audience. And uh, uh, for our audience, if, if you're tuning in still, I highly recommend um, if you found value from this, this episode, uh, please give it a, a positive rating, leave some comments or remarks, uh, subscribe to the show if you haven't already. We release a new episode every single week. And definitely, 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 if uh, you're doing an event, um, reach out to Alice and do an hour or two consulting with them. I promise you'll be worth it. In fact, I actually did a little troubleshooting with Alex just before this um, episode, and he walked me through some of the Zoom settings, things I had no idea about. Um, and I was like, wow, that five minutes, Alex, was you know, it was worth a consulting session. I'll send right you an invoice after, really. <laughs> yeah. 
no problem, man. So yeah. So do reach out if you, if you uh, want to get some assistance. So thank you, Alex, again, for being on our show. Any final comments before we uh, wrap up? I'm good, man. I mean, just, I, I, I thank you for really elevating the industry. You know, this is, this is really important and, uh, and this is the future. I mean, as we all get into the metaverse and all that kind of stuff that, that I'm looking at and what's possible there, I think it's really exciting, but it's people like you that are making sure that, especially when sales are involved, that there's a, a high level of authenticity and integrity there. It doesn't have to be, you know, negative or salesy or schemy or anything like that. So just, yeah, props to you, man, for really elevating the industry and holding everyone to a high standard. It makes a big difference. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the High Profit Event Show. If you are a seminar leader or thought leader or event service provider who has led or supported profitable, successful events to over 100 people and you've been effective at enrollment into your high-end coaching, education, mastermind tech programs, we're looking for guests. Love to have you on the show. You can go to our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com, click on the podcast tab and submit an application to be on our show. Also, if you found the show to be valuable, share it with someone who you think might benefit from it. Take a moment, please leave a review and also subscribe if you haven't already. And lastly, if you have an upcoming uh, event, whether it be virtual or in person, and you'd like to have a conversation about how to fill your coaching, education, mastermind programs fast using events, you're welcome to book a complimentary 15-minute uh, consult with either myself or a member of my team on our website virtualeventsalesteam.com. Again, this is Rudy Rodriguez and congratulations on investing the time to listen to this episode. I hope it's been valuable. Have a great day.